Hi, this is Jonathan from Lewis Jewelers. If you're in the market for a diamond, we can make the experience easy and stress-free. Not to mention we can save you time and money. As a general manager, one of my roles is to hand-select every diamond that comes into our store. Don't shop alone. Come see me or one of my trusted advisors and find the perfect diamond today. Where Ann Arbor gets engaged, Lewis Jewelers. Welcome on into the Wolverine.com podcast. Clayton Safey here with Anthony Broom. He's got the Michigan helmet behind him, I think. Uh, and I think some Michigan home field apparel, which we'll talk about a little bit later. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to hit the thumbs up. Hit that like button if you want Michigan to win its first national championship since 1997. Also hit the subscribe button as well. We're going to have content throughout the season coming up here press conferences, podcasts, all sorts of stuff. Uh, so thank you for doing that. And, and as always, go to the Wolverine.com for all of our coverage. Become a premium subscriber over there for the latest on Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. We are brought to you by Home Field Apparel, um, the premium collegiate apparel brand based in Indianapolis. Home Field has a commitment to creating incredibly comfortable, officially licensed apparel with vintage college designs. There are over 150 colleges to choose from, including your Michigan Wolverines. Homefield is dedicated to delving into the archives and history of Michigan to discover unique logos and iconic moments to create thoughtfully designed products. Homefield is perfect for showing off team pride as college football returns. Uh, people are watching on YouTube can see the website there, see some of the products. Head to homefieldapparel.com. Use the promo code Wolverine23. That's uh, no spaces, Wolverine 2-3 for 15% off your first order with Homefield. AB, you got some new product there. It looks pretty good. Yeah, this is uh, this is actually an older design of theirs, but given that this is uh, day one of our partnership of, uh, with our friends uh, at Homefield, Connor uh, is, is a great guy, runs a great company out of the – in the heart of Big Ten country. Of course, we've made a lot of trips to Indianapolis over the last couple of years. That's where Homefield is, so – uh, shout out to Connor and his team. Uh, shout out to Homefield. And yeah, if you like, uh, if you're into the vintage apparel, I mean, dating back to a couple years ago when I was at the other site, I've just got drawers full of their stuff. It is, uh, it's, I mean, it looks cool, but more, more than anything else, it's the most comfortable stuff I have. Uh, the hoodies, sweatpants, t-shirts. Um, I cannot, I cannot, of any ad read that we've ever done, we love all our sponsors. This is the one like I, by far have the most of at my house. So excited to have them on with us. No doubt. So go to again, homefieldapparel.com. Use the promo code Wolverine 23, Wolverine 23, no spaces. That's 15% off your first order. So take advantage right now, get geared up for the football season, which is coming very quickly. Michigan football, seven practices in AB uh, this morning. We got to talk to Sharon Moore, offensive coordinator and line coach and Jesse Minter defensive coordinator. So we'll talk about some of what they touched on and we'll start with Sharon Moore. Um, you got to start with the offensive line. I feel like when you talk about Sharon, but also when you talk about this Michigan offense, cause it's kind of built from there out. Um, and Jim Harbaugh saying at big 10 media day, they have 10 starting caliber guys. Sharon Moore said, yeah, it's 10, maybe 11 or 12. So uh, they could be, you know, even deeper than maybe we thought based on what he's seeing so far during fall camp. But you know, he said some of those offensive line competitions, you know, those position battles at left tackle, right tackle, uh, and even center could last throughout fall camp. 
He doesn't necessarily have a set date on when he wants those to be settled. You know, obviously you want to get your guys to gel together, but he said these guys are so close, uh, you know, on and off the field that he's not too worried about that. He wants the competition to bring out the best in everybody feels that that is happening right now. Um, and he did mention, he said, yeah, we'll figure it out, you know, by the first game or first couple games, he kind of slipped that in there. Um, and it's kind of another indicator of what Harbaugh talked about at media day, that some of these position battles could go into the season. You have a late non-conference schedule starting with East Carolina, UNLV and Bowling Green. Um, you know, you could see some maybe rotation there if things aren't settled, but uh, you know, he said we have four starting tackles. Harbaugh talked about the two starting centers with Drake Nugent and, with Greg Crippen there, uh, but specifically tackle. He talked about Ladarius Henderson, his transition from Arizona State, but not only that, his transition from playing guard the last three years to going back to tackle, where he played as a freshman in, in 2019 there in the Pac-12. So he said it's a process. It's going to be an adjustment. He's only seven practices into it. You know, he didn't join the team until the summer, uh, but he, he's going through it. Uh, I guess your take on, on uh, you know, kind of these comments, you know, on the offensive line, that basically things – are you know where they were when fall camp started the competitions are are raging on yeah and of course a couple days ago i I think it was maybe tuesday or or i believe it was tuesday was the first full day in pads and that's where we've talked about this before too that's where you know everyone kind of starts hitting their stride in terms of what these battles are going to look like who pulls ahead in the pecking order you know once once everyone's you know once everyone's out of shorts and t-shirts it's game on and, and this is where, you know, we're still kind of operating out of the belief that, you know, Jim Harbaugh is probably going to be gone the first few days, the first few games of this year. Um, this is where, you know, you look for where does Michigan find that edge, uh, even without the Jim Harbaugh suspension, where do the, you know, how does this team find the edge after doing what they've done these last two seasons? And the fact that there are still so many important jobs up for grabs and probably will be in the early stages of the year. Uh, to me, adds a little bit of juice to a non-conference schedule that would otherwise, you know, just like last year, not really do a whole lot for people and certainly will kind of be roasted nationally. But, you know, as far as the offensive line goes, um, you know, we've continued to operate out of the belief that it will be Henderson that winds up winning this job. I think the fact that he did, uh, there's a clear plan for him, right? When you bring in a guy who's played guard for the last three years and you bring him into your program and the expectations that he's there to start, um, you know, they're, they clearly, I, I think that they clearly believe he could be the guy from them at left tackle. Of course he did play that uh, in his freshman season at Arizona state. So again, it's all about hitting that stride and, and finding, um, finding your comfort level with those guys up front to me. I, I know, you know, lots been made about the numbers game and all oh, we have as many as 10 guys that can start to me. It's really, uh, it's really that right tackle spot that intrigues me now. If Henderson stumbles, could I see a scenario where maybe Carson Barnhart's your left tackle and then uh, you have those other guys figuring it out on the other side? I could see that. But to me, I think that's really the the battle to me because even the center spot to a certain extent, I think that that is uh, – I, I think Drake Nugent is basically a shoe-in for that as well. Yeah. Uh, but right tackle, Trente Jones, Miles Hinton, Carson Barnhart, I would have Barnhart ahead of all three of them. Uh, but it's good to hear that it's been good competition. You know, sometimes – that's coach speak. And then, you know, some of the Intel comes out and you hear, Oh, well, this guy's actually pretty clearly ahead. And the rest of it is all just kind of, we'll see what happens, but it's good to hear that in these first few days, it has been true competition. And, you know, if you want to spot on this offensive line, uh, if your name isn't 
Zach Zinter or Trevor Keegan, you got a lot of work to do the next few weeks. Yeah, and I don't think it's coach speak either because we've seen all these guys play college football, whether it's at Michigan or elsewhere, you know, a few guys coming in from the Pac-12. And, and Sharon Moore was asked about that too. I mean, how do you weigh guys like Carson and, and Trente, the fact that they've played in this system, they understand it, they know the expectations. How do you balance that against, you know, some of the guys that are coming in? They're a little bit newer. Uh, you know, do you maybe go with the experience, the guys you know a little bit better? And Sharon said, no, it's all about the tape. It's all about who's playing better in practice and then eventually who plays better in the game. So it's not like those guys have a leg up inherently, but uh, at the same time, they're talented. I do, you know, I don't worry about Ladarius Henderson picking up the playbook. I, I talked to him, I think, the day he committed back in December. And I was asking him about that, how Olu Olu team, he came in so prepared. He, he knew the playbook by the time spring ball began, you know, last year. And he said that he doesn't think that's going to be a problem with, for him. He came in as a freshman in 2019 at Arizona State, started at left tackle, as we mentioned. Uh, but also he said he was teaching some other guys the playbook that had already been there for a couple of years by the time fall camp rolled around. So, uh, you know, he's definitely a smart kid. He is a, a worker. So. I don't worry about that, but I do think if he wins that job, it's going to be earned. If he, you know, wins it and then somebody else ends up taking over, you feel like you have enough behind him where it's not too much of a concern. So it's not a huge worry for me, uh, although I do think it is an adjustment, as, as Sharon Moore said, with him going back to tackle after three years at guard. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where the offensive line stands at this point. He didn't uh, was trying to ask about Drake Nugent, but they ran out of time. Uh, so didn't get a ton on the centers, but the tackles, it sounds like things are raging on. And the interesting thing about the tackle battle too, is that they play into each other. Like the left tackle battle, you know, if Carson Barnhart doesn't win there, you know, he could win right tackle, that sort of thing. Uh, let's move on to wideouts though, skill position players. Um, JJ McCarthy said this week, as we talked about on Monday, that Tyler Morris is going to make a big name for himself. Uh, you know, Sharon Moore was kind of listing the wide receivers. And in that top trio, he lists Cornelius Johnson, Roman Wilson, Tyler Morris. And then he says, oh, you also got the, you know, Darius Clemens. Then you talked about the freshmen, how they're, they're explosive. They're making some plays, flashing early on in practice. But I think it's more validation or more confirmation that Tyler Morris is, is kind of right there right now. He is. And, you know, like I said, known commodities at the top of the depth chart. Uh, to me, it's really been a matter of is Tyler Morris going to be the guy and he slides into the slot and then you have uh, Roman and Cornelius on the outside or does Darius Clemens come out of nowhere and then all of a sudden Roman Wilson kicks to the inside. And uh, so they have options there. That could still happen in certain configurations. But, you know, everything we've heard about Tyler Morris is that the chemistry is obviously built in with J.J. McCarthy. We've that Those are well-plowed grounds at this point. It's almost becoming the new, uh, hey, did you know that uh, – that, uh, uh, Matthew Stafford and Clayton Kershaw were yeah. uh, high school baseball, you know, pitcher catcher, whatever it was. Um, so we've got all that ground covered. Right. But Tyler Morris, I mean, he's going to be a guy for this team that I think is comfortably just going to be uh, first off. I think he has, a, he's going to find a knack, just be one of those guys that has a knack for getting open. Um, and, and maybe he's not like a number one, maybe he doesn't wind up being a number one wide receiver before his as a, College career is over, but he is a guy that is going to find seams in the defense. He's going to uh, – could be one of those type of zone buster type of guys where you just sit where the soft coverage is and move the chains and get open, run good routes, all of that. So the fact that uh, 
you know, it doesn't feel like manufactured hype with him. I think the fact that, you know, he is a year removed or a couple years removed now from that ACL injury, he's got the opportunity ahead of him. He's got the familiarity with the quarterback. It's, it's good to see that he is still continued to shine. Um, I really do think he has a chance to be an extremely quality player for this Michigan offense. Hi, this is Jonathan from Lewis Jewelers. If you're in the market for a diamond, we can make the experience easy and stress-free. Not to mention we can save you time and money. As a general manager, one of my roles is to hand-select every diamond that comes into our store. Don't shop alone. Come see me or one of my trusted advisors and find the perfect diamond today. Where Ann Arbor gets engaged, Lewis Jewelers. No doubt. I think you mentioned the ACL injury. I feel like people because of that he suffered that and you know the spring of his senior year of high school and then um or it might have been his his junior year or going into his senior year because they pushed back his junior season uh and then had to miss the senior year but he dropped in the rankings a little bit you know he wasn't a guy people talked about as much when he was a recruit at the end after he committed to michigan but this was a guy who was in the top 100 you know, this is a guy that even finished in the top 150, top 200 on, on every single service. So he's got, a, you know, a lot of talent. You know, I think that's the case, too, for Darius Clemens. But right now you you continue to hear more about Tyler Morris a little bit. And then uh, I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about Roman Wilson, who my guy, uh, you know, I feel like I've been I've been saying this guy's going to lead the team in receiving. People know that that have listened. Uh, but. Sharon Moore with some strong comments there saying he's had a phenomenal camp so far. He thinks he's going to take a next step that his leadership has really been a lot, you know, not better, but just increased, you know, given the fact that he's a senior now, Ronnie Bell's gone, uh, you know, and he's had to step up in that regard. He loves his swagger. He said, um, you know, that he brings, and I think we all kind of know what that is uh, with Roman Wilson. He brings a little extra juice out there, but um, I continue to, you know, feel good about, feeling that Roman Wilson's going to be, you know, the lead guy for this team. And, and Sharon Moore did mention too, he doesn't want it to be one go-to guy. He wants it to be where everybody is an option to, to make big plays. You want it to be a pick your poison type of offense. And, and that means one, like we know that this Michigan team doesn't have a, you know, they don't have Marvin Harrison jr. So it's not going to be a non-negotiable where you have a guy that you need to make sure he gets X amount of targets. I think depending on, the given week, it could be Cornelius Johnson. It could be Roman Wilson. Uh, it could be Colston Loveland or Tyler Morris or what have you. But Wilson's intriguing to me. And, and this is the thing that's a little, I don't want to say it's it's been overblown, the lack of talent in the wide receiver room, but I think Cornelius Johnson was a four-star recruit. Roman Wilson was a four-star recruit. Tyler Morris was a four-star recruit. So they do have talent there. It's time to develop those guys a little bit better. But on the topic of Roman Wilson, you know, I just need him to be a little more consistent. And I feel like that's something I've been harping on the last couple of years. You know, he has been a guy, you know, think back to last season. He had three touchdowns on his first four touch, four touches period of the year. They got him involved a little bit, uh, you know, in some of the gadget plays and in the run game. Uh, obviously, we know what he can do as a deep threat. We saw that in the TCU game. It just seemed like between non-conference play, and that TCU game. And I think there was a concussion or a wrist injury or something in there at some point that kind of hampered him a little bit, but you know, you need, you just needs, you need a little bit more from him uh, on a week to week basis. You know what I mean? And, and it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how they use him because I think he can be, you know, 
I think he can be a deep threat. I think he can be someone who, you know, does some damage on a slant over the middle of the field. I think you can maybe you can probably get away with handing off the ball to him a time or two, uh, doing some creative things with him. So using him, you know, all this conversation has been about using Blake Quorum and using Donovan Edwards more creatively. I really do think there's a lot more you can do with Roman Wilson because right now, I mean, and we'll see, but uh, at least from a straight line speed perspective, he might be the most explosive player on this team. It's just a matter of putting everything else together. Yeah, he might be the fastest. He's a great route runner. I think they they needed to use him more last season, and he did have that concussion that he suffered at Iowa, forced to miss the Indiana game. And really, and Isaiah Hole, our, our friend from Wolverines Wire, brought this up to Sharon Moore during the press conference, that injuries have hindered him in the middle of both of the last two seasons. He had the hand injury in, suffered in practice you know, back in, in 2021. Then last year, he has a concussion at Iowa. Uh, but I'm looking on PFF here, his targets. Uh, you know, I think his inconsistency has more to do with kind of the way they used him and you know, the way he was the slot. And we know that they ran multiple tight end sets more than half the time last year. So he's not always on the field. But uh, his targets were, um, you know, going game by game, starting with week one, two, one, four, five, six. That's the Iowa game. Five when he returns against Penn State. But then one, two, 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 one, and then six against TCU in the Fiesta Bowl. And we know that that was a massive game. He also had a rushing touchdown, and he should have had another receiving touchdown had the refs not blown the call. So um, when they use him more, I feel like those are the games where he pops. He had two huge touchdowns in the red zone at Penn State two years ago. He might have to do that again in Happy Valley on November 11th this year if Michigan wants to come out of there alive. So um, yeah, excited to watch Roman Wilson this year. Talking to Ben Herbert, too. He said he's bigger. I think we've seen he's up to 192 now. Um, so excited about that. Uh, balance on offense continues to come up, and it doesn't feel like it's just a talking point anymore. At this point, Jim Harbaugh has always said they want to be balanced, but he's also always said, hey, we're going to do what it takes to win. There are multiple ways to travel. You can travel on the ground. You can travel through the air. Um, but Sharon Moore land, said, yeah, we, by land, sea, or air is by the right. way I believe he put it right. So, there, yeah, he, I think he referenced, uh, you know, General Patton is, you know, he would go on the ground, right? <laughs> um, and I get it, and I actually kind of, I kind of like it because, you know, you're doing what it takes to win these games. And as I've said plenty of times this offseason, I think ultimately that's what they're going to do when the season starts. They're going to care less about what that split looks like and more about how many points are on the board, you know, if they're converting on third downs, if they're getting it done in the red zone, that sort of thing. Um, but it, it doesn't feel like a talking point anymore. Sharon Moore saying, yeah, we want to be 50, 50. Um, he's, you know, and he was asked, is this a change from years past? And he said, well, you always want to be balanced, but you know, and, and he said, you know, you just figure out how to do that or whatever. You know, reading into that, it, it does feel like it's much more of a concerted effort. And I will say it's not just that because, you know, I think they they realize that the pass game has to be better to win some of those bigger games in the playoff and everything. But also, I think they have some more confidence in the pass game this year. So that's going to play a huge factor as well. The fact that you have a second year starting quarterback, your take on, on uh, you know, everybody pretty much echoing the company line and the fact that we already heard earlier in the week that. They started camp coming out throwing quite a bit, working on pass rush, working on the pass game offensively. It's good to hear that they're repping it a lot. Uh, I still have my doubts that this is going to be a team that is is that 50-50 balance. Uh, you know, I think push comes to shove. 
as we've said several times, they are going to want to control the line of scrimmage. They are going to want to pound other teams with the run game. And if so you're going to put someone in the box uh, to t- try and stop the run, that's when they'll try to attack, attack you from there. Um, you know, history has obviously shown that, uh, you know, if, if, if Georgia's the school that you're looking to supplant, uh, think about that Alabama team that beat them a couple of years ago, again, uh, at least in the SEC championship game, you got them with some of those big plays over the top. And I think the fact that, uh, I, I think the fact that they had to, you know, Corm, Blake Corm goes down last year. And by virtue of that, you kind of have to change your identity a little bit. I know that they still found ways to piece together the run game and Donovan Edwards was still there, but a lot more was put on JJ McCarthy's shoulders. And I think there was some genuine concern about that. Uh, you know, a, until, you know, as re- this time last year uh, was about the time when JJ started ascending. But remember, he missed all of the spring with the shoulder injury. You know, he didn't really compete for that job until fall camp. And early on in that camp, uh, we had heard that, you know, turnovers and ball security and just not having the finer points down yet was was an issue for him. So he finally surges. He takes over the job. You get through the regular season. So within the mostly within the framework of what you had been doing. Right. Uh, and then, you know, those last few games, you need more out of him. And uh, I think you've got, I think you've got a lot of answers in terms of what you could put on his shoulders. I think JJ basically won them the Ohio state game, um, you know, with some of the plays he made through the air. I think that he was the reason that they even had a chance to win the TCU game. If there was another quarterback in there, you probably get run off the field in that one. So knowing that you have that weapon that uh, again, and I have no issue saying this, this might be a hot take, but, when push comes to shove, uh, I think that J.J. McCarthy is probably your best and most dangerous offensive player because he does handle the ball so much. So the fact that they are – I don't buy that they're going to be completely balanced, but the fact that they are taking the passing game so seriously, they know. They know what it's going to take to to reach that next gear, and I think really what it is is you want to be able to zig when your opponent zags in terms of adjustments made on the field, taking what the defense gives you. Everyone and their grandmother knows that you're going to have to try and stop the run to beat Michigan. But if you take away the run, which again, the stats, uh, the stats sort of say otherwise, but Ohio state kind of did take the run away against Michigan. And when Michigan had to make plays through the air, it did until late in that game. So yeah, the, to, to be able to do all of those things, the only way that you, you can be adept at any of it is if you rep the hell out of it. We know they can run the football. They've done it as good as anyone in the country that isn't a service academy the last two years. Uh, so that work being put in is a positive for them. Yeah, no doubt. It's about having answers, right? You know, it's the same thing that I remember Mike McDonald talking about when he came in with defense, uh, you know, two years ago, that they, they were going to have the answers to, you know, counter what the offense is presenting uh and you know it's kind of the same thing a little bit with the defense and sharon Moore said yeah we want to be 50 50 but there are going to be some games when, when we're not and when the defense takes one thing away we're going to be able to do the other and that's you know exactly what you're talking about ab uh let's flip over to the defense we got to talk with jesse minter uh, but before we do let's talk about 
game time. We're all going to be going to games this fall. AB, I know we don't have to pay for Michigan tickets, but I'm planning on going to at least one or two Lions games. And I have used game time before they even became a sponsor. I've been uh, a, you know, I've been a customer of, of game time, getting Lions tickets last year. I actually bought some Lions tickets for my cousin and his wife for a wedding gift. So uh, it can be a stressful process buying tickets, but game time is here for you. Lions, Michigan, you know, concerts, shows, all sorts of stuff, killer deals, last minute tickets, best price guarantee. So you can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you're going to have at that game, at that concert, at that show. Um, game time app, very, very easy to use. They have a lot of flash sales, last minute tickets. It's easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. They have the image of the seat view, so you can actually see what your view is going to be, which I love um, because, you know, you're, you don't know what the stadium's like sometimes if you're going in for the first time. Again, lowest play, price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, uh, and more. So get out to a Michigan game. Use GameTime, either the app or GameTime.co. That is GameTime.co. You can use the promo code Wolverine for $20 off your first purchase. So that's your great deal right there. Again, the pro, promo code Wolverine for 20% off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code Wolverine for $20 off your first purchase. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. We're also brought to you by Caldera. Caldera Lab uh, has the regimen, which is very, very easy. About a minute in the morning, minute uh, in the evening before you go to bed uh, for men and their facial uh, hygiene. Caldera Lab creates high-performance men's skincare products. The regimen, as I mentioned, leads off their product lineup twice a day routine to transform your skin. Caldera Lab knows the skincare world is heavily female-driven and has long been the wild, wild west for men. That's why they're making the solution simple. Regimen includes three products, the clean slate, the base layer, and the good. The clean slate starts and ends your day. The good is your go-to multifunctional serum at night. Um, Caldera Lab Eye Serum as well. They are the leader in men's skincare made only with top-tier ingredients and clinical trials. Have found 94% of men's skin showed an overall younger-looking appearance after using Caldera Lab for a few weeks. So... We have an exclusive offer for you. This is their best offer available anywhere. Use the code MISH23. That's M-I-C-H-2-3 at calderalab.com for 20% off right now. Again, 20% off with the code MISH23, M-I-C-H-2-3 at calderalab.com and make unforgettable first impressions that lead to the charming words, you look younger. Who doesn't love to hear that? 20% uh, off at calderalab.com. Again, the code MISH23, M-I-C-H-2-3. Two, three. Uh, so we talked to Jesse Minter earlier today, and the hot topics came up. We'll start with Michigan's second starting cornerback job, or you know, the the starting cornerback job on the opposite side of the field to Will Johnson, who I think could be an All-American this year. But you know, everybody's wondering who that is going to be. And he said it's still TBD. You know, they haven't had a scrimmage yet. He said those are going to be really important so they can see those guys in you know game type of reps. He also said it could go into the season as well with who's playing there. He mentioned the versatility. Some guys like Mike Sainer still who could play both outside and at the nickel. He said some safeties can come down and, and play the nickel as well if they need to go that route. Um, but 
a guy who we heard from earlier in the week on the In the Trenches podcast with John Jansen, Josh Wallace, who's just an impressive dude, as you would expect from a guy who was a three-time captain at UMass, but he was fun to listen to. And Jesse Minter said that he has come in and been really impressive so far. He thinks he's going to be a pro. He only has one year eligibility left, but that would be next year. This dude's going to be a pro. Um, you know, it's kind of like the Roman Wilson thing. I feel good about Josh Wallace being my likely pick at corner, you know, after kind of hearing more about him, but he's going to have to earn it too. There's going to be competition with some of these other guys as well. Uh, but Josh Wallace, a pro right now, he said Mike Sainer still and him are like twin brothers. They're everywhere together. He's, you know, Mike Sainer still has taught him everything about this defense. Uh, so pretty positive, you know, I think to hear coming out of the first seven practices. Yeah, when you bring in a guy that is an upperclassman and that has played so much college football, I mean, I know there's a lot of excitement around Amorian Walker. I've always maintained, I think that's more of a long-term uh, project, kind of a slow burn, slow simmer, so to speak. Uh, but, you know, when you bring in a guy that has that much experience, one, it's first and foremost, it's insurance. But second of all, those guys don't come here unless they think they have a shot to to play and play a big role. And, you know, we've heard good things about Wallace early on. Uh, I talked to Mike Sainer, we're still at Big Ten Media Days. And like I said, Josh Wallace has been in his hip pocket learning the defense and, uh, and, and getting involved in all those types of things. So, again, we talk about all these position battles that are going to go into the year. Uh, I think cornerback is going to be maybe the one – that most goes into the season uh, because like I said, the last few years we've seen uh, you know, DJ Turner emerge halfway through the 2021 season. It seemed like about halfway through last year, although different circumstances, Jamon green needed to sit out for a bit. Will Johnson was thrust into a bigger role and never looked back. So at some point, like I, I get the feeling whoever starts at corner to begin the year might not be the guy that starts towards the end of the year. And and that's fine. And that's good news for Michigan because it means you have good depth there. Uh, we don't know if their depth is good at corner right now. I think we have a lot. We know that we, they have a lot of guys. There are a lot of pieces there that we're confident can play opposite Will Johnson. And that's the thing, too. Keeping Will Johnson healthy is maybe the most important task of this whole fall camp because he's going to take away, you know, a quarter to a third of a field all on his own with what he's able to do. So, you know, whoever emerges at that second corner spot, I think that if he's not able to hold, you know, hold it down on his own, they'll be able to do some schematic things to help those guys out. But, uh, yeah, so far so good with Josh Wallace. You know who helps? The corners, the secondary, they work together. It's a reason why Steve Klinkscale recruits some of the bigger guys on the roster when he has a chance. It's the pass rush, and that has been – improved as well, uh, you know, based on what Jesse Minter was talking about. And he said, yeah, everyone kind of latched onto the quote from Chris Jenkins back in, I think, January about how they're obsessing over pass rush. They know it has to be better. But he said it really has been an obsession. And Chris Jenkins has been leading the charge there. And he said, you know, that they've kind of taken upon themselves. Obviously, the coaching staff is is focusing on that, too. But, you know, it's it's been player driven. It's been player led, like a lot of the, you know, success that Michigan's had over the last couple seasons, which is encouraging to me. And he said that, that Chris Jenkins, just the way he was talking about how, um, you know, he, he is becoming an elite pass rusher, even at 305 pounds. Uh, you know, it just feels, it just gave me some more confidence that Chris Jenkins is going to be able to be that guy. And you may not have the Aiden Hutchinson on the outside, but if you can get a little more rush from the inside, if Mason Graham can be better, 
as a pass rusher, maybe than Mozzie Smith, even though he may be, you know, not as good against the run, that sort of thing. If you can piece it together that way, I think you're going to have a real chance to improve that. And Minter said, you know, basically what we've talked about this offseason, they're they're focusing on having a good enough pass rush with four guys on most occasions. You know, you don't want to have to bring guys every single time. Uh, specifically with the edges, though, he, you know, talked about that being another one like quarterback last season that could go into the season where two guys start uh, one week, two guys start the next week, that sort of thing. So I don't know if we're going to see those guys emerge and they're all still going to play a lot anyway. Um, but un- until the the season really starts and they get some of those game reps, but your thoughts on, uh, you know, Jesse Minter talking about the pass rush. The pass rush is going to be a rotation throughout this year. I think, I mean, we saw last year that, uh, you know, that four man group of Taylor Upshaw and Mike Morris and Jalen Harrell and uh, Yabi Oki, Derek Moore was kind of in that mix too. Braid McGregor was in that mix. You know, they, uh, those top four guys all played a lot of snaps. So I think it's really just a matter of figuring out, figuring out what that pecking order looks like. And, you know, each one of those guys, I wrote about this earlier today, I did a mailbag post on the website. So feel free to uh, check that out. You know, each one of those guys has their own share of questions, you know, for McGregor, it's, can you finish plays more consistently? Can you win more of your one-on-ones? You know, for Jalen Harrell, we know that he's kind of a Jack of all trades, but can he hone in and be a little more dangerous as a pass rusher? Um, you know, what's the level of competition jump going to be like for a guy like Josiah Stewart? Uh, Derek Moore dropped 20 pounds. How is that going to affect his game and getting to the quarterback? So uh, there's a lot to sort out there. Uh, you know, I also, I'm intrigued by the fact, I don't know if I've had a chance to talk about this yet, but uh, very intrigued by the fact that Keyshawn Bennett put on, I think 16 or 17 pounds. He's up to, I think six, four, 257, 258. Uh, and I've heard some good things about him behind the scenes. TJ yeah. Guy, I feel like could do some things, uh, you know, if given the opportunity. So, you know, all of a sudden, I mean, it's not, uh, I don't, this is the thing. And I talked about this in a hit with someone the other day where, you know, Aiden Hutchinson and David Ojabo was kind of the bar that was set a couple of years ago, but you know, you always like it's always the conversation with Braden McGregor. Oh, was well, he the next Aiden Hutchinson? It's it's gotten really un, like I think that's been a hindrance to him. And a lot of times, you know, they talk about how he's been called baby Aiden and things like that. But I mean, they look similar. They do. I mean, it goes back to high school. They similar body types. They look the yeah. same. I get that. Um, I think we need to be careful with those type of uh, one because that that bar is so high. And two, uh, you know, when you invoke. It's kind of crazy to say, but as time goes on, when you invoke an Aiden Hutchinson and even really a David Ojabo, like I think what Aiden Hutchinson did that last season at Michigan makes him, you know, every bit of a legend that, you know, Charles Woodson was. Now, Charles Woodson won a natty and won the Heisman, but you know what I mean? Like that, that's a guy that yeah. you could make a case as a Mount Rushmore type of player. So, uh, you know, the bar was set high. I think that the further we get away from that, uh, you know, there'll be a little less of an expectation that one particular guy can be that. But uh, I like this group that they have. I think they'll figure it out and they'll be able to get to the quarterback. Yeah. And, um, you know, he said Braden McGregor is looking a lot more confident walking around, putting on some weight this offseason or, or at least some more muscle with Ben Herbert in the weight room. And then he was asked by our Chris Ballas, is, is Josiah Stewart big enough or, you know, does he have – the, the skill and, and the talent to play on rundowns as well. And Jesse Minter said he believes he can. He, he's actually 
a, a lot more powerful than you would think out of a guy his size at 6'1", 245, um, that, that he can do that, that he really – it sounds weird, but his power is one of his, his better strengths right now uh, in practice. So, you know, that I think is really good to hear. But also he said, yeah, we, we should be able to piece it together between on that side of the field, Jalen Harrell or Josiah Stewart, you know, depending on situation. Same with Braden McGregor and Derek Moore on the other side of the field, depending on situation, depending on who's hot, depending on what, you know, what the other team is, is throwing at them. So I think that is going to be, you know, important for them that they do have that depth, even though they might not have the Aiden Hutchinson. And who does have an Aiden Hutchinson? I mean, defensive player finishing runner up in the Heisman. I mean, it just doesn't happen. So, um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm feeling better and better. I think about the edge group here early on in camp. And then the last thing about the defense is, you know, kind of interesting with the offense you hear about, they want to be more balanced. The defense, Jesse Minter has a specific number for the amount of guys that he feels like they can play in the first half of the first game. He wants more guys to be ready than a year ago. And basically in short, they want to be deeper. Uh, but he wants 26 guys to be able to go in the first half of the first game on defense. They had 22 that played in that situation last year in the season opener when it counted, um, which was not for long, obviously a blowout win. But I feel like they're they're there. I mean, they are really close to being there. When you look at linebacker, they improved the depth. When you look at defensive tackle, probably numbers-wise, they have more capable guys that you would trust in there. Certainly in the secondary as well, I feel like guys like Zeke Barry and Keon Saab have, have emerged corner just in the, the fact that you have, you know, several guys vying for that starting job, I think gives you maybe not as much promise there, but more depth, you know, guys that you feel like can compete there. Um, but your, your thoughts on that, I, I, I love listening to Jesse Minter too, because he's so calculated and, um, you know, with what he's talking about, but I, I feel like they've really improved the depth on this defense. I think so too. I mean, we just talked about, you know, four guys for sure at edge as many as five or six. I think you've got probably, I mean, I'm not going to go through every position group and do the math, but you know, I think when you look at each group, you've got at least, you know, three or four guys that can, can play and make an impact. And right. you know, the fact that they do have a lot of those battles still going on, um, you know, points to the, I think, all, I think, the, I think they will hit that number uh, is what I'm trying to say. So yeah, yeah, their depth is better. It feels like they're more athletic there across the board as well. Uh, and that's what you have to be, uh, you know, to compete on the national stage. So I think they're in a really nice spot here. Yeah, no doubt. And I think also, too, you, you hear about the competition and there were a couple of good questions asked about, you know, how how do you kind of balance competition and the camaraderie and, and get these guys to play together as one? And uh, an example that Jesse Minter brought up was that nobody is – in the film room or meeting on the side more with Ernest Hausman, who's pushing for a starting job than Michael Barrett, who has the starting job. And that kind of speaks to it. It's the same thing that Sharon Moore talked about on the offensive line, where you have these guys going on fishing trips, hanging out, playing video games uh, after practice in the summer, working out together, but they're also vying for a limited amount of starting spots, a limited amount of snaps. Um, but I feel like they've done a really good job with the culture as, as we know. Um, Last thing real quick, we have to mention it. The Don, who uh, is just, I mean, he's a quote machine these days. I mean, Donovan Edwards says that he will go down as one of the greatest running backs to ever play the game up there with Walter Payton, 
and Barry Sanders. Now it was a little more nuanced than that too. Obviously the headline stood out and the, the quote stood out, but he talked about revolutionizing the game because he can, you know, both catch passes, be a receiver type and also be a runner. Um, you know, we, we've seen what he can do so far in, in both areas. Obviously he's only going to get better from here. Uh, he said, you know, that he feels like he is going to be, you know, a premier player in the pros and, I, I wrote about this the other day, but I, the Jameer Gibbs comparison that I know we've brought up on this show before with Detroit Lions rookie running back, you know, went to Alabama. He, you know, he is going to be such an asset for the Lions this year because of what he can do and how versatile he is in both the pass game and the run game. So I see this the same thing for Donovan Edwards. I don't know if he's going to revolutionize the game or be one of the greatest ever, but I think that Donovan Edwards is going to be a real weapon this year and eventually in the NFL. I think he's going to have a really good career. I mean, no, uh, Donovan Edwards is uh, a phenomenal talent. I think that if he stays healthy, I would love to. I would love for him to revolutionize staying on the field because that's been that's been difficult for him to do at times. But uh, listen, I know a lot was made about it. If you're not an athlete at the highest level that has aspirations of you know that type of success, I don't know what you're even doing here. Um, now, are the odds stacked against him to do that? Absolutely. And in terms of revolutionizing the game, I mean, I think of you know, the things that he does really well, the Danian Tomlinson was doing uh, years ago and Christian McCaffrey was doing, you know, 10 years ago and, and things like that. So and is, uh, no dis- and is still doing uh, yeah. so no disrespect to him at all. It's um, it is a quote, that's for sure. Um, and if he's, if he can be as good as he believes that he is, I mean, this I mean, he might be in New York and Michigan might be the favorite to win it all. But uh, right now, I mean, let's let's see. Let's I, I would tap the brakes on that a little bit from a fan base expectation. But uh, the fact that he believes that I think is uh, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, shoot your shot, young man. It's it's not bulletin board material against another team. You know, like you see, no. it's just kind of in, you know, maybe a team will use it as motivation. But more than anything, I feel like Donovan uses that as his own motivation. So. I didn't hate it. You know, I know some people had mixed feelings about about someone talking that confidently about himself. And I know I brought this up before, too, but everyone asked for guys to stop doing coach speak and player speak and whatever until they actually do it. And then people are like, you can't say that. You know, no one talks like that. It's like, well, he's he's being himself. Donovan's a confident kid. So um, keep doing you, Donovan, as, as Jim Harbaugh would say. It's working. You know, it, it has worked so far. So uh, but but uh, definitely easy to write that article. I will say because uh, quote pops, headline pops, you know, it's a, it's a writer's dream. So thank you to Donovan Edwards. But uh, <laughs> that, that is going to be our show for this week. Again, make sure to like the video. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the subscribe button as well. And everybody out there, head to the Wolverine.com for all of our Michigan football fall camp coverage. We'll have all the coverage throughout the season, basketball, NIL, transfer portal, recruiting, and more over at thewolverine.com, and we'll see you next time.